guys and bad guys Cowboys and Indians Sinners and saints Masters and minions They're all the same to me They're all the same to me Welcome to Fence Post Politics The only place for unfiltered nonsensical probably fake news that you never asked for brought to you by the burning daylight podcast and your host myself matt mckinley aaron ellis tim martin and rob jost now let's have a little bit of fun talk a little politics and uh tell a dirty joke or two and you Well, howdy there, daylight burners. <clears throat> Hope your week's going all right. Um, another crazy one. Um, I meant to look up who who uh, is uh, credited with the the quote "May you live in interesting uh, interesting times." Because boy, howdy, do we live in um, interesting times. Um, so we'll, uh, start off with, uh, with the news that's been, um, kind of dominating here the last couple of days. Um, Matt Gates uh, invoked the, what, what did they call it? The, <clears throat> uh, vacate the chair. So the chair being the Speaker of the House, it was uh, one of the concessions that the Freedom Caucus and a group of, uh, it's only only like 10 or 12, maybe maybe 15. And I think, I think there was eight Republicans that, uh, that essentially killed Kevin McCarthy's reign as Speaker of the House. And... It's the first time in U.S. history that we've ever removed a Speaker of the House. So essentially, it's similar to the on the parliamentary system. So Canada, uh, Australia, <laughs> the U.K. Um, there, they they can hold a vote of no confidence to remove the. <clears throat> the the prime minister and, and and kind of shake up the government a little bit and this this is I I don't know if it's exactly like it but pretty damn close and it's uh I remember when when they had this fight so I think it was back in January when the the new Congress took session and the Republicans won back the House but they only have a a six vote margin out of out of four hundred and thirty five. <laughs> so they uh you know very small majority and it took uh, like fifteen or sixteen different ballots to to finally get Kevin McCarthy elected as Speaker of the House because uh Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and uh um, like I think maybe Chip Roy and and a handful of others 
Um, I think maybe Thomas Massey was in on it for a little while. But they held out to get some concessions from uh, Kevin McCarthy in order for him to get their vote for Speaker of the House. And uh, <laughs> Matt Gates was on uh, the Tim Pool show here the other night, or here a while back, talking about it. And, and so it was uh, people, policy, and procedure uh, was the three the three things they wanted. So uh, people was, uh, they wanted certain... Uh, certain people on certain committees uh, in order to to get the bills that they wanted passed through committee. So how, however, a bill st- always starts in a committee. The committee votes on it once it once it passes committee. If it does, it goes to the speaker, and they're supposed to. Oh, that was. And then when the speaker calls a vote. They they end it they end just like that. Just hammer hammer down the gavel. Um, <laughs> well, when Pelosi was Speaker of the House, they had uh, essentially set it up to where she controlled everything that that happened in the House. So uh, previously, I believe, don't quote me on this, but the way I understand it. Before Pelosi um, changed a, a bunch of the rules, uh, if a bill made it out of committee, it, it had to go to the floor for a vote. Um, you know, there'd be debate, amendments, whatever. But once it made it out of committee, it'd go to the floor for a vote. And under her tenure, it it was more of a she chose what got to go to the bill or to the floor <clears throat> for a vote even if it made out of, out of committee. So um, I'm, I don't know how accurate that is, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but they, they changed a bunch of the rules <clears throat> to, to make it easier to get some of the bills uh, onto the floor. And, and one of the other main uh demands on like the procedure side of things was no more omnibus bills where they just they make one giant spending bill <clears throat> to give them enough time to allegedly put together a budget so then they can proceed forward like a normal normal operation but i believe they haven't passed a budget since I was in college um, in like 08, I believe is the last time they passed an actual budget. Since then, it's been a series of uh, kicking the can down the road. Um, they can never, they can never agree on a budget. So what they end up doing is they bundle all the spending uh, for all the departments into one giant ass um, omnibus that they call it um, bill. Usually it's like several thousand pages long and they uh, they uh, cobble together this, this behemoth of a bill in a series of backdoor, closed door meetings, back room, um, you know, under the table type uh, type deals and, and it gets a bunch of shit just thrown in it. Um, every single congressman and, and senator is trying to get certain amount of tax money from from the federal government to their their state or district you know keep the constituents happy 
rather than um, hammering it out and doing doing the job like it's supposed to be done. Anyway, that was a, one of the big concessions they got out of McCarthy was that they were going to bring, say, like defense spending. That was one single bill. Uh, energy spending. That's another bill. And you had to vote on all of them. <laughs> I think they were, I think they were maybe um, roll call vote. There, there was a whole bunch of kind of nerdy technical shit that that happened. But it was um, so. To his credit, McCarthy followed through on on some of those things. But at the earliest possible convenience, he bailed, and it was um, on the eve of a government shutdown. They signed a 45-day, what they're calling a stopgap spending bill, which, once again, it kicks the can down the road for 45 days. And it's a giant spending bill that nobody had time to read or cared to. And there was there was very little debate on, on any of it. It just it was just it's thrown together. Same same way it's been happening, like I said, since about oh eight or so. So somewhere in there, roughly. Roughly the entire time I've been out of college. <laughs> and um to his credit, Matt Gates called his bluff and one of the other little nerdy things was they they changed the house rules so that any individual representative so any member of congress uh, i don't know if that's voting uh or if that includes the non-voting members but any individual member of congress uh or any individual representative can file a motion to vacate the chair so anybody if they're pissed off enough at the speaker of the house they, under the, the current House rules, can file a motion to to vacate the chair or, you know, kick out the, the Speaker of the House. And it has to be brought to a vote. So there was a motion to table the issue, which means put it off for, for another day. And I'm, I believe it was to table it indefinitely, which means it's not coming back up. <laughs> and... There was enough Republicans that voted to not table it, as well as all the Democrats, which the Democrats are really kind of loving this for right now, uh, because the Republicans do look a little, a little inept and uh, unable to to govern. Uh, however, I'll, I'll save my analysis for on this whole issue for for a little bit later. Um, Long story short, there was there was enough Republicans, so I, I believe it was eight in total that they ended up voting with all the all of the entire Democratic caucus to not only we're 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 gonna go ahead and bring this up for an official vote, we're not gonna table this matter. So that that motion failed. And then they had to bring up the vote to vacate the chair, and eight Republicans voted to to kick him out, and all of the Democrats, giving him the majority, and Kevin McCarthy was forced to step down. Turned his gavel over to this little fella here, um, Patrick McHenry. He is um, some goon from North Carolina. Subject to the call of the chair. Slamming it down with a thaw tie. Um, dude's wearing a bow tie. 
I was really hoping that the other guys would be on the show tonight. Um, I wanted to make fun of this guy so hard. Uh, he he looks like he's taking fashion tips from Glenn Beck and, um, you know, like Orville Redenbacher, maybe. Uh, who who the hell wears a bow tie these days? I mean, I don't even know when that was really a popular thing. I mean, like barbershop quartets and I, I don't know, maybe maybe like uh Bill Murray when he goes on Conan uh Conan O'Brien's show and he always has some weird um costume like he dressed up as a jockey one time. And um, but so I could see like Bill Murray wearing a, a bow tie, or uh, but typically it's just kind of like clowns and barbershop quartets. Uh, that that's that's kind of about it for for bow ties or well, I mean tuxedos, I guess. But that's a, that's a different deal than than a suit. So I don't know. I find it hard to take a guy serious that wears a bow tie uh, to his job and he's not a butler or a clown or a member of a barbershop quartet. So, anyway, now that guy's like the temporary, um, he's an interim champ, uh, interim speaker of the house, um, temporary, pro tem, something, I, I don't know what the official term is, but... um. It's kind of a big deal because it's never happened before in in U.S. history. Uh, there was an article here that I had pulled up about why the <clears throat> why the Democrats did not um, bail out McCarthy, which I was kind of i I didn't think they would, um, but you never know. Uh, Democrats and Republicans at the at the national level, the in the the halls of power, they're not that much different from each other. Um their policies all kind of line up uh pretty pretty identical to one another. And it's um I mean I I wouldn't have been real surprised if if they had got a, a few like uh of the blue dog, you know, swing district uh, type Democrats to be like, Hey, we're, we need to get to business. We, we've only got 45 days to throw together another massive um, pile of shit that <laughs> makes us not have to do any real work for another year or so. And, um, you know, directly contributes to the high inflation and uh just the overall growth and rot of the of the federal government that's just sucking the soul out of America. Um so I I think it's a good thing that that uh Matt Gates called his bluff. Like it it's it's kind of refreshing. I don't I don't agree with Gates on a lot of stuff. He's uh Aaron will will call him libertarian on this issue and I guess on this issue he kind of is. Um but Matt Matt Gates is more of a populist. <clears throat> He's not afraid of uh 
of um wielding power he just uh he wants to be the guy wielding power you know and um so that makes sense in my head um he's uh he he's definitely kind of a trump trump guy but i uh unlike trump i think gates actually is kind of principled um <clears throat> trump's always kind of had a finger in the wind and uh he's used it to his advantage very well and like he could flip flop in the same goddamn sentence and he i mean has and just like i mean it's like nothing there it, it really it, it'd be intriguing to me that if uh, if he actually does get convicted and and like you know it makes it through all the appeals and whatnot and they and they do find him like guilty of the you know conspiracy to uh defraud the government or whatever conspiracy to <laughs> whatever all the con- the conspiracies are and uh you know and gets removed from from being being able to run for for office like i, I hope that doesn't happen um because uh, there's some people that are really not going to take that well, and that's not going to be good. But I'm also like intrigued. It's uh, it's like one of those those really good cop shows that uh, like each season kind of gets better. It's kind of like a Breaking Bad where the the suspense just keeps building, and you're just like, ah, fuck, are they going to get him? Are they going to fucking get him? Solid entertainment, man, but. <clears throat> so I don't know if they will and um they're they're trying like hell it seems like um unlike with with Hunter Biden there he uh he pled not guilty uh while all this this hullabaloo around the speaker of the house uh was going down <laughs> to uh gun charges which honestly I think he uh he should I think he he should be not guilty for uh being on crack and and buying a gun. Um I know that's against federal law. Um but I think that's an unjust law. I I I think there should be very few uh restrictions on on guns if then honestly probably any restriction is uh I believe is a violation of the second amendment, but um all that being said <laughs> Still kind of a big deal that the president's son was uh you know who who is uh, pretty openly anti gun. He he says he respects the second amendment, but he just wants to take all all the all the guns that you uh like you know would be uh pretty useful if uh say somebody to, like to defend yourself if say somebody was trying to indeed come get your guns or you know, anything of the sort. Um, he wants to take those guns away and leave you with the old crappy guns that, <laughs> you know, our forefathers won, won the independent, uh, the war of independence with. Um, revolutionary war. They're, they're like, they want you to have muskets and as uh, Uncle Joe's fond of saying, you know, a double barrel 12 gauge. Shoot that right through the door. That'll, that'll teach him. That's all you need, man. All you need for them dog faced pony soldiers. Uh anyway, so 
it, it is um also seems like a, a pretty big deal that the that a pretty vocally anti-gun president his son is indicted on felony gun charges federal gun charges um federal felony gun charges i believe <laughs> maybe it's a misdemeanor but either way federal charges um that i, I think he should be acquitted of because uh like i said i'm i'm uh, i'm also i try to be as principled, principled as i as i possibly can uh, on certain things and, and gun rights is one of those and uh, i think it's horseshit that he that it's a felony that a dude uh, that liked to smoke a little crack but also saw the need to be able to defend himself with a gun um i, I um i know i know guns are used a lot in the trafficking of uh, of drugs and the selling and and you know turf wars and whatnot um but uh all all the like the innocent people that caught get caught up in the middle of all that violence uh they ought to be be able to own a gun to defend themselves um even if they are you know the the customers of of said said drug dealers you know uh just because you smoke a little bit of crack doesn't mean you shouldn't shouldn't be able to own a gun. Um, now, if you've used a gun to steal somebody else's crack and then go smoke it, um, well, that's a that's a violent crime, <coughs> and, and you uh, you should be punished accordingly. But just for for being under the influence, um, like probably not smart. I mean, obviously not smart, but. Shouldn't be a crime, um, but either way, kind of a kind of a big deal. You'd think. Um, seems like before the whole uh, this whole Trump and now now Biden era. Previously to that, you'd think that'd have been a pretty big big story. A um, <clears throat> lot lot of hard questions about that uh, directed at the the White House press corps, but. Not not a not a bunch like starting to pick up, um, but I think it has way more to do with Biden's age, and um, and I think the people that are that are actually running the show are getting pretty worried about being able to beat Donald Trump with uh, with Joe Biden because uh, that guy is not doing great. I mean he he's there and. Um, most of the time he's upright <clears throat> and um I, you know i guess uh truthfully most of the time he's awake when he's in public um but he's i mean it's not good he's falling upstairs he he's tripping over sandbags uh he just wanders off stage um whenever not not real sure where he, where to go, but then there are other times he just like he hits a beeline and, and just leaves in the middle of something where where he'd normally stay. And then then when he when he he does, you know, he hits his uh, his little <clears throat> his uh, his little capstone to a speech, and then he like wanders off the wrong 
side of the stage and just looks confused or he uh starts rambling and it, it becomes more and more co incoherent and then they just like play him off the stage with music and um like i'm not real uh real thrilled about donald trump's age either you know he's not not too far behind uh joe biden however there there's no way you can let joe biden debate donald trump in in this uh these upcoming presidential debates because it's going to be a disaster i mean it it's going to be a glorious train wreck to watch however it happens even if uh, if trump's uh overplays the asshole card which he's you know he's kind of prone to do uh if he does mm, still be funny but um i i don't think like they're gonna have to like mainline adderall and and probably meth right into his dick like right 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 in his dick vein <clears throat> to to keep him snappy enough to to keep up with trump because even though trump's an old fuck too he's he's still pretty quick um he hasn't lost uh he hasn't lost much off the old fastball um and uh uncle joe he's uh he's looking like a jamie moyer when he played for the rockies it's kind of a deep cut for for any of you baseball fans you know what i'm talking about jamie moyer was like 50 still pitching in the big leagues and top speed of like 72 i think is what is about what he threw i mean just he he looked creaky um so like even though he was in the big leagues um like there was a there's a lot of like most of your good high school pitchers are are just power and pitches way faster way faster than Jamie Moyer who's <laughs> like was in the starting the Rockies starting rotation at almost 50 years old it's like oh he i mean it, i i guess hats off to him for for toughing it out but man he's uh, man i i didn't want to i always dreaded when when uh Jamie Moyer was pitching you just like, oh, how how bad is he gonna get lit up today? And that that's kind of that's kind of Uncle Joe. Even even if they do just um, mainline that you know the cocktail of Adderall and meth straight into his dick vein, even if they do that, you're still at best getting Jamie Moyer when he is with the Rockies. That that's like best case scenario where you're just like ah. Oh, he he gave up three runs, but he didn't break anything. He like he didn't disintegrate on the mound, so we'll call that a win. But like this would be that <laughs> this would be Jamie Moyer just pitching. To, oh, I don't know, like Shohei Otani repeated just like one after the other. Like that's that's all all you're gonna face tonight is Shohei Otani. 
and uh, and it's and it's a National League game, so both pitchers bat. So you just pitch to each other all game, and you're just like that. Jamie Moyer might die just from the onslaught, and that's kind of how I feel about about uh, a Trump Biden debate. And I want it to happen. If if indeed these are the candidates that uh, America has seemed to to choke down, um, even though no no votes been cast yet, it seems like that's the uh, the blah, 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 the the collision course that we're uh, that we're headed down is uh, is another Trump Biden, and I'm uh, I'm starting to talk like talk like Joe Biden with his 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 stutter. Yeah, it seems like we're on a collision course for for another another Trump Biden uh, race, and uh, there's rumors that uh, well RFK is making a big announcement here next week, I believe. Um, pretty sure he's going to run as an independent. I've heard rumored that uh, he's going to have Tulsi Gabbard as his VP. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. Um, makes sense, I guess, in my head. Um, I don't know, uh, I don't know how that works out for him. I don't, probably not any chance they win. Um, but maybe they could pick, pick off a state or two or, you know, like maybe pick off that one district in Maine or, um, oh, what's that in Nebraska? Um, maybe they could pick up like a single electoral vote, and then it might throw it into enough chaos where <clears throat> neither neither the Republican or the Democrat get the majority of the electoral college. So it gets um it gets sent to a delegation of states in the House of Representatives. So. Each um, each state has one vote, and you know they vote amongst themselves in the House to select any any of the candidates that received a, an electoral vote. So, I mean, it could throw a wrench into things for sure. Um, I think in the long run, it probably hurts Trump's numbers more than anything because, uh, yeah, RFK kind of speaks more towards the libertarian leaning Republicans uh more than more than he does a Democrat it seems like but um who knows he's got I mean he is a Kennedy so uh oh, but that's also nothing nothing official yet either so but seems like that's probably gonna be the case that he's gonna he's gonna run independent uh we'll see if if he doesn't indeed choose Tulsi but uh who knows um, but all that being said, um, we, we've got a, another crazy election coming up because now they got to, they got to find a new speaker of the house. Um, Aaron was not a fan of this, this move. Um, Rob thought it was dumb, but he thinks it's going to play into the Democrats hands. So, uh, he's all for it because he's a liberal Jew. Um, I don't know is, is my honest, uh, my honest opinion. I know 
there's it could be it could get wild though. So so far, um, Steve Scalise, who is uh, the House Majority Whip, would he be like the the number two uh, in the House? And uh, he's thrown his hat in the ring, and then uh, Jim Jordan, who's uh, he's uh, right now the chair of the House Oversight Committee. Um, he's kind of a if you remember Trey Gowdy, he reminds me a lot of, of Trey Gowdy, kind of a, kind of a pit bull when they're, when they're doing their committee um, hearings and, you know, asking, well, it's not really so much. They do ask questions, but they also, you know, each, each person gets like five minutes of time to, to que- question the, the witness of the, you know, there before the committee. And most of their time gets spent, on uh, grandstanding, and then they'll they'll ask a kind of a a vague question, and then uh, and then argue with with uh, the witness for the rest of the time, and nothing really happens. And but they get good sound bites out of it, and and Jim Jordan's pretty good at that. It seems to be his kind of that's kind of his playbook. Um, I don't know. He might make a good speaker. Um, the really the only guy that I trust in the house is Thomas Massey. And he, he was not a fan of the move. Um, but he, he did say that he fully endorses Jim Jordan for speaker. Once, uh, once Jim Jordan threw his hat in the ring. Um, so I'll default to, to his judgment on that. I, I kind of disagree with him on the, <laughs> on the removing the speaker. I think it's a it's a pretty risky gamble politically. Um but also I mean at some point you got to stop getting bulldozed over. And uh they it seems like they're trying to send a message whether it's received. I mean I think it's it's been received. It's not been received well. But um my my thoughts on it, I, I uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm doing my best not to take the the bait from the media and and treat this like it's some sort of calamity. And <clears throat> I will say, they're probably the stock market as a whole is probably going to take some sort of a hit. Um, I know defense contractors are taking a hit, and I know that because I own a little bit of of Raytheon and Lockheed and they are both down like a motherfucker. Um <laughs> because a lot of this uh the spending fight has to do with the uh, the Ukraine war and Raytheon and Lockheed and General Dynamics are making a fuckload of money uh off of this this Ukraine deal so um if that funding dries up their their stock price is going to get get a little pinch and uh and you've already seen that. So um, even though it, it hurt my pocketbook a little bit because um I uh sold out and bought some some big military stock. But hey, they'll find somewhere else to, to send bombs to. Don't don't you worry about that. That that stock will rebound. I'm I'm almost positive. Um but I think 
although it is a risk that you know they <clears throat> they could completely lose a lot of face on on this this deal i mean <clears throat> it could backfire pretty hard on him but i don't see i don't see hakeem jeffries who's the house minority leader <clears throat> i mean maybe there'll be some some moderate republicans that might um get frustrated and and just go ahead and vote for hakeem jeffries but I don't see that happen. They would be immediately primaried. Um, like they, they, Trump would put his full weight behind a primary challenge of anybody who voted, voted with, uh, voted to elect a, a Democrat House of House, uh, Speaker of the House. So I think that would be unlikely, um, but it is a possibility. And like I was saying before, um, once you get up in those <laughs> those higher ranks of, of both parties, um, the people that, that actually wield a little bit of power, um, like like real power, uh yeah, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on, they're they're pretty much in agreement on on most everything. So it is a possibility like I said it, it's a it's a pretty risky gamble um a little bit of uncharted waters but i will say they're handling it pretty well at the moment and because we live in the trump era it wouldn't be it wouldn't be really truly excellent um if trump was absent from this but he he's not so um this this is fun. Um, this is really fun. We only have one cho choice to save America, Alex, and it's President Trump. I've supported President Trump from the beginning, just like you have. President Trump has a four-year proven record. His policies were working. His policies were stopping the globalists. His policies were against the, the communists. Plus, they hate him more than anybody. I mean, my God, they, they, they act like he's high noon to a vampire. That's right. They do hate him. I don't know how he keeps his voice you know like that. Hates him the most? How his vocal Washington cords aren't just wrecked. So I'm going into this next speaker's race, and the only candidate I am supporting is Donald John Trump. Yeah. Because Washington, D.C. needs to be reminded. This town needs to wake up and accept the fact that Republican voters all over the country want him back in the White House. He's the only leader of the Republican Party, and he truly is the only person that we can trust to save America. And through that, Alex, that is saving the world. And there's many people all over the world hoping and praying that we put President Trump so back in the White woman, House. Um, so among among others, you've got Steve Scalise um would be a pretty pretty logical pick. Like if I was uh if I was a betting man and I am wonder if my bookie's got got any odds on on the speaker of the house um <clears throat> surely they do I'm, I'm gonna look it up here real quick uh but since i am a betting man my i think the smart money would be on police um gut instinct because he's like i said he's the house uh, majority whip he's kind of the next uh, in line in that hierarchy. 
However, he has, uh, I believe, blood cancer. So that, um, for me, that that weighs in pretty heavily for um, people in power. Not, not at all. I mean, Feinstein voted one day and died the next. Um, allegedly, she voted. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was her uh, that did the voting. Almost positive. Um, so health is not really an issue when it comes to to these people. Um, let's see. We got U.S. politics, 2024, presidential odds, uh, Democratic nominee, Republican nominee, U.S. politics specials. Uh, all right. So... I I was dead on on my pop this up over here. Um, Steve Scalise is the the favorite. He's at plus one hundred, so that's uh pretty much even money. Well, that is even money. Um, you bet a hundred, win a hundred. Uh, Tom Immer is next up. He's uh, I believe they said he's from Minnesota. I don't know anything about him at all. Um, he's at plus 350. Patrick McHenry, he's the doofus with the uh, bow tie. Um, trying to slam the gavel down with a thaw tie. Uh, he's next up at plus 400. <clears throat> Elise Stefanik is at plus 500. Kevin McCarthy is plus 700. Jim Jordan, plus 800. Um, Huh. There's they think McCarthy has a better chance than than Jim Jordan. McCarthy said he's not running. Um, but um that guy's flip flopped always, so it wouldn't surprise me too much to see him throw his hat in the ring again, but I think that dude's done. I mean, he'll uh he'll still win his house seat in, in uh Bakersfield, I'm sure, but um, I think his his days at the the top of the house leadership are probably just about over. Um, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, he's the House Minority Leader, so the Democrats get um get the majority. He'll be Speaker of the House. Um, he's at plus fifteen hundred. Garrett Graves, I don't know who that is. Plus fifteen hundred. Um. Tom Cole plus sixteen hundred. Gary Palmer, I don't know who either of those two are. Matt Gates is at plus three thousand. Rich Hudson also, I don't know, I don't know who that is. Byron Donalds, uh, I'd heard his name floated out there. Um, he's kind of a, a big black guy from, I believe he's from Florida, um, maybe New Jersey. I don't know. Probably not either one of those, but I I want to say Florida. But anyway, he's he sounds okay. Um, he's at plus four thousand with uh, with large marge. Um, Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, I don't know. Lauren Boebert's at plus ten thousand. That's who I think should be Speaker of the House. Um, Donald Trump's at plus two thousand. But they've got him all the way at the bottom for some reason. Um, but at plus two thousand, Paul Gosar's plus fifteen thousand. Lauren Boebert's at plus ten thousand. So 
Uh, yeah, that's bet a hundred bucks win win ten thousand if if Bobert is that would be that'd be so much fun. I, I would enjoy that immensely. Um, never happened. Uh, but boy, it'd be fun. Um, Donald Trump at plus two thousand, so that would put him right right after uh right between Tom Cole and Gary Palmer who mm, they sound boring as shit so um it'll be interesting i think uh i think they vote next week um and the longer it takes um the less chance they have to spend any more of your money um, so <laughs> while they're figuring this shit out, um, they can't pass anything new to, to take more of your money. So that's a, that's a good thing for the American public. Um, well, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump as, uh, you know, as, uh, if he was speaker of the house, they would finally get serious about the about the impeachment uh, inquiry like he would uh he would push that through and i think it's probably safe to say that he would try like hell to get both uh joe and kamala impeached uh in the house it would never go anywhere in the senate um but i wouldn't be surprised if he could get them if you can get them both uh, impeached in the house, um, it'd be playing it pretty close. Though I don't know how he he would do that. Be being the speaker of the house and also uh, campaigning for president at the same time. That would be, and also showing up in in court constantly <laughs> the whole time. It would uh, it'd be something else. Um, so Europe is. Uh, Europe's doing good too. We'll uh we'll head over there. Um AFD leader uh Krupala hospitalized after violent incident. So that is a political party party called uh, Alternative for Deutschland. Um they are uh, according to who is this? This is uh dw.com. I don't know what uh what what news site that is but anyways uh the far right alternative for germany party said co-leader tino charupla was in was injured in a violent incident at a campaign rally wednesday in the southern german state of uh, bavaria which is um that's kind of where was it bavaria or bohemia where anyway i'm it's all Nazi territory, but I think that was like a like a particularly heavy concentration of of uh of Nazis in in, in Germany. Um anyway, he's he had been the national office for that party said uh he had been hospitalized in the city of Ingolstadt, where he'd been attending a campaign rally ahead of Sunday's state elections in Bavaria. Um a brief, brief police statement said uh, Trupala had been given medical treatment backstage about 4.30 p.m. 
and then was taken to a hospital, but an obvious in- injury was not apparent at the time. <clears throat> and AFD spokesper- uh, spokesman told a German uh, DPA news agency late on Wednesday that Trupala's condition was stable and that he'd be under intensive medical surveillance overnight. overnight. Um, further details were not made available. Um, police launched an appeal for witnesses. It called on those who attended the rally to provide photos or videos of the event. Uh, police spokesperson, uh, spokesman said that an investigation would look into whether a third party was involved. Um, a, a witness at the local daily, um, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, uh, told this local daily newspaper that the AFD leader had taken a few selfies and then collapsed before being transported to the hospital. A local party representative told the DPA news agency that Trupala had been scheduled to speak at the event, but had been gotten, but he had gotten caught up in a crowd melee. Um, Later Wednesday, Andreas uh, Aishali spokesperson for the Upper Bavarian Police uh, said it remained unclear where the politician had been attacked, fallen, or simply wasn't feeling well. Um, Akili said uh, authorities were not ruling out anything out and that an investigation was ongoing. Anyway, so they're um, they're considered a far-right party. Um, and apparently they're fairly popular. Um, it's probably not a good thing that Germany's getting getting nationalistic. That's not real great. Um, there's been kind of a surge of these these right wing parties in in Europe here here lately. And um, you know to to jog your memory a little bit, um, both fascism and communism were invented in Europe. Um they don't got a good track record and um <clears throat> I'm not sure that they've uh may- maybe that we've got far enough away from from World War World War 2 that um people are like they kind of forget and they're like, "Ah, we'll give that a try again. We'll get we'll give fascism a try again." And uh probably not going to end end great. Um Probably not. Probably not great. Uh, if I had to, if I had to bet on that one, I'd say probably not end up end out uh, real great. Um, Ukraine has uh, they they've got some problems with corruption, but uh, they've also been kind of dealing some blows uh, against Russia. Um, Russia is apparently preparing the civilian population for for world war three and um they've got them training for nuclear drills um sirens blared out across russia today and children donned gas masks as part of a terrifying drill for an incoming nuclear attack um so this was (coughs) there you go you got a bunch of high looks like high school students in uh in gas masks um chilling footage shows school children 
being taught how to correctly don gas masks. Um, most people, I would say nine out of 10 people, when you say school children, uh, you're picturing like elementary school, smaller kids, like kind of like my, you know, my, my kids are six and eight. That would be all the way up to about 12. It'd be what I picture when, when somebody said school, school children. High schoolers, um, I mean, uh, technically they are school children, but that's kind of a kind of a little shifty, shifty sleight of hand deal when the, you, you say school children in in uh, one of your headlines, and then you show a bunch of like probably seventeen, eighteen year olds. I'm like, yeah, I mean, still kids, but like, eh, little. Little shifty, little shifty, if you ask me. Um, chilling footage shows school children being taught how to correctly don gas masks, sirens, and loudspeakers were sounded in all region across uh, uh, Russia's eleven time zones. We got eleven time zones. Holy shit! Uh, in drills that spawned two days, it was Russia's first nationwide civil defense exercise as Putin indoctrinates his people about the danger of the West triggering nuclear war. As Putin indoctrinates his people about the danger. Well, I mean, yeah. seems to be kind of where it's headed. Um, so indoctrinating, maybe warning, would be a good word too. This is a this is a pretty blatant propaganda piece, but um, a uh, message sounded sounded declaring attention everyone as a bone chilling alarm bellowed out in cities and towns everywhere uh emergency services gathered in hazmat suits to carry out protocol as part of mad vlad's sick exercise uh this is oh it's the us sun okay so that's um that's like the they're like the an edgier version of the New York Post, which is already kind of edgy as far as you know traditional news outlets go. So, um, not quite a tabloid, but <clears throat> not exactly not a tabloid either. So, um, but they're they're making to sound like Russia's you know out of their mind, crazy and paranoid. Uh, while meanwhile, back on the ranch, uh. So this is from Vice. Uh, Air Force successfully tested a uh, secret new stealth missile with Mach Nuke. So it seems like both of us are kind of preparing for for nuclear war, which is alarming to say the least. Not a not a good trend I'd like to see. Um, I mean. <clears throat> I guess they're they're updating um some of our old nukes so they can they can fire these new their their old nuclear warheads on these these fancy new missiles and uh I mean uh, that's I I wouldn't mind seeing one of see seeing one of them tested not not the nuke itself but the missile that shit's kind of cool um it's also horrifying. They're like, ah, can we 
you know, maybe Putin's got a point about the escalation towards nuclear war thing. Like, well, you were both are are uh, doing nuclear tests in one one shape or one way, shape or form. Like, ah, I don't, I don't like that. Don't don't like that. Um, where was this other? All right, so this this one was also kind of interesting. Um. I have to see what uh, Dave DeCamp over at Anti-War News has to say about that's a that's a really good uh, website. So it's antiwar.com, um, and Dave DeCamp does a uh, Monday through Friday does a news show. Uh, it's called Anti-War News. You can get it on YouTube or, or or all the podcast stuff. But I listen to that every day. It's uh it's a really uh, usually like twenty to thirty minutes long. Um, but also antiwar.com. That's, that's a good website to, to stay, stay kind of up to date on, on foreign and foreign policy and foreign affairs and all what, all, all the, the hot war zones around the world that we typically have some sort of hand in one way or the other. Um, it's a good way to stay informed on that. But, uh, so this is from the wall street journal though. So I'll have to see what. Um, if Dave DeCamp has anything on this, but it says Russia withdraws its Black Sea fleet vessels from Crimea after Ukrainian attacks. So they were able to, we've been giving them uh, some longer range missiles. The The Brits have, have given them uh, what they call the Storm Shadow missiles. And those have like a, they have a range of about a 180 miles and and the Ukrainians can shoot them from their old Soviet-style MiG fighter jets. So they're, they've been using those and a bunch of, <clears throat> like, floating drones. So, like, a little bunch of those, like, little remote-control speedboats packed with bombs to uh, to sink a whole bunch of uh, Russian ships in the Black Sea. And they've used missiles to hit them, too. And then they... Apparently they bombed the the headquarters of the the Russian Black Sea fleet there in um uh, I think what's that I think it's Sevastopol is the is like the big city there on on the Crimean Peninsula um and and it looks like uh Russia's taken their their Black Sea fleet to the other side of Crimea uh Crimea back towards uh towards the Russian mainland so they're um they're not a big fan of their ships getting getting sunk so they're they're moving them out of the way so I'm that's that's a that's a pretty big win for for the Ukrainians I don't know what they'll what they'll be able to accomplish from it but uh I mean that's chalk that up as a win that's a that's kind of a big deal they uh You know the there was that big stink here a little while ago. Um, came out that uh, Elon Musk had denied access to uh, Starlink over Crimea, and because of that, the Ukrainians weren't able to use uh, their little drone boats to to attack one of the one of the big ships in in Russia's Black Sea fleet. And uh, like Elizabeth Warren was wanting him to be investigated for, you know, interfering in the, in the battle plans or whatever. And, 
Um, I mean, it seems kind of weird that, <laughs> that Elon Musk, one guy, has uh, has that much input on a on a fucking war be- between two European countries. That seems wild, but um, also, I mean, it seems like that. Those those little drone attacks and and then the missile attacks there, uh, like that seems like it's having some sort of an effect. And uh, I I mean it's as much as I I think I'd really like to see this this conflict be resolved peacefully here, like as quick as possible, because there's a shitload of young Ukrainian and Russian men just getting slaughtered in this thing. I mean in the hundreds of thousands, uh, you know, from just about any account you read, there's combined, it's easily into the hundreds of thousands. And <clears throat> however, uh, being the, the military strategy nerd that I am, um, it is, it is pretty fascinating to see how on, when they're fighting on land, they've kind of reverted back to the old, um, Soviet style of uh, of waging war, where they just throw bodies at, like right into the teeth of of the enemy lines, and and, and both sides. I mean, because you know Ukraine was part of Russia for a long time. They, they have the have a very similar style of fight and war, where they just like it. It's just like slow meat grinder type type operations where it just wave after wave after wave that gets chewed up until eventually they just they just keep coming and they overwhelm you. You run out of ammo or whatever and you're either you're either overrun or you gotta you gotta pull back. <clears throat> but it's a, you got a big country versus a small country and they're both kind of doing the same thing. But it was it was really interesting talking to uh some of those special forces guys when I was uh when I was there in Colorado a couple of weeks ago, um, where they, they know people over in Ukraine, uh, <laughs> on the ground in a, you know, an advisory role. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they're mixing it up a little bit over there as well, but they say there's just drones everywhere. Like these little, the, you know, your standard drones that you can buy off of Amazon. There's, they're just everywhere. Um, you know, the Ukrainians have them, the Russians have them. <coughs> All the NATO advisors, I'm sure, have them as well because they're there's they're showing them how to uh how how to run all this stuff. And then you've got private companies that are just like begging the Ukrainians to use their their drones so they can it's just um it's kind of fascinating. And it's so like they were saying you know, you'd see drones overhead, just like a, a whole flock of them. And then next thing you know, there'd be an artillery strike called down on you. And you just, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's kind of a, a crazy mixture of the old school with, uh, with new technology that I guess I didn't, I didn't quite see that one coming. And, um, it, it's, it's pretty insane how, uh, how heavily both sides have been relying on drone technology here, here in this, this, you know, Russia, Ukraine deal. But 
um, yeah, and that's this Black Sea fleet, like like them essentially, you know, performing a, a naval retreat. A lot of that had to do with those those drone boats that they were using to blow up ships, and I would imagine those things are pretty pretty tough to detect. I, I don't know, you know, they I don't I don't know how the sonar and on all the <clears throat> all the radar systems on a on a naval ship work. So, um, but you know, I, I would imagine those those little drone boats are fairly small and. Uh, are able to, I would imagine they'd be able to, to slip under the, the zone, you know, without being detected by sonar um, as readily as, you know, say like a, an actual warship. So I, it, it's, uh, I said, it's just kind of, kind of fascinating. Um, let's see. <clears throat> and speaking of technology, this is uh this is a doozy. Um Los Angeles is using AI to prevent homelessness. Um Los Angeles County officials are hoping new technology that poses a hoping new technology that poses a threat to some in uh to some industries could be the saving grace in turning around the region's homelessness problem. Uh, I haven't been, well, I've never been to, to LA, you know, besides the airport, but it sounds like there's just homeless people everywhere in, in LA. And <laughs> I don't know what they do about it, but this is creepy as shit. So, um, writers and act when, and actors went on strike in part to prevent artificial intelligence from taking their jobs. But the burgeoning tech is widely believed to have great potential in other areas. In this case, local officials are hoping it can prevent people from becoming homeless in the first place. On Wednesday, NPR reported that the L.A. County Department of Health Services is using data and machine learning to identify those most at risk of becoming homeless and step in before they become unhoused. It seems like there's a lot of fourth amendment violations um like how are they getting your data how are they identifying you um how are they allowed to identify you um even if they are trying to help like how how are they able to just find you like hey you look like you might be on the verge of being homeless here we are to help um no way this could be used for other other sinister methods of uh of government abuse no way that could ever happen um homelessness continues to increase year over year in southern california despite billions of dollars being spent to help stem the flow that could be due in part to the way the money is being spent you think for instance, uh, for instance, delays have meant some fun, uh, projects being funded by Proposition Proposition HHH <clears throat> cost more than uh, $800,000 per unit created <clears throat> as uh, reported by the Associated Press. So to make, uh, essentially it was like a tiny house. They, I think they had proposed um, putting all these homeless people up in tiny houses 
and it was going to cost $800,000 to build one. That's, uh, that'll buy you a nice home in most everywhere in the country outside of your, your major cities. Uh, 800,000s buys you a really nice home. Um, these factors mean the number of homeless people just keeps going up. On average, for every... These are weird numbers. For every 207 individuals who exit homelessness daily, uh, 220... Oh, so this is daily. Never mind. <laughs> On a scale to one, uh, from 1 to 207, <coughs> I'm a 227. Uh, so for every 207 individuals who exit homelessness daily, 227 more enter, including roughly 16 individuals who return uh, to homelessness after six months. So, um, yeah, every day you're you're at a minus 20. Uh, every day you get you're just adding another twenty people in, and then every six months you're getting like another sixteen on top of that. Um, yeah, it's a bucket with a hole in it, so we've got to do something to fill that hole. Dana Vanderford, who leads the homelessness prevention unit for housing for health, homelessness prevention unit of housing for health. A uh, division of the uh, DHS explained to NPR. A lot of acronyms right there. <clears throat> but identifying and helping people remain in their homes, then but by in identifying and helping people remain in their homes, the numbers of newly homeless will decrease, allowing the numbers of overall homeless people in the area to go down. Uh, at least that's the plan. Some questions remain as to the project's effectiveness and methods, and the final impact may not be known until a study on the topic is uh, published in 2026. Um, when speaking with NPR, Beth Shin, an expert on the subject for Vanderbilt University and an advisor to the program, noted that he may have more failures with LA's artificial intelligence methods as opposed to the traditional ways of getting people off the street. However, if it works, you could make the most difference for people who are at the highest risk, she said. Yeah, that that sounds just like another way for the government to spy on you. Uh <clears throat> Huh, that's uh yeah, that that's that's frightening. Like, I mean, just they're like, "Hi, we're with the uh, L.A. County, and uh, we got a notification here on the app that you might be a poor. Um, here's some things you can do to not be a poor, so you don't lose this house that you're living in, because it our records show that you're about to lose it, just about there. Um. There's a lot of union strikes going out going on here lately as well. Um so the, the, there's the auto worker strike, the the writers the the Hollywood writers agreed to a deal, but I think the actors are still on strike. Um I I don't know. Um 
have have not really been affected that much by the the writers and actors guild strikes um i hate to say it uh the auto worker one is uh is interesting uh the the auto workers got screwed pretty heavily in the during the bailouts uh back in 08 they took uh some pretty heavy pay cuts and a lot of layoffs um but their contract is up and they're out for blood now and they're they're asking for like a 4-day work week and a 40% uh increase in pay and um I can't afford a new pickup anyways at at the moment so I mean I hope they get get the what they're I hope they get what they're they're all all they're asking for and whatever I I hope it I hope it works out for them um I just know a couple of years when this round of inflation uh hits you know hits the vehicles that these auto workers are going to be making I still won't be able to uh to afford it. Hopefully by then I'll be closer to being able to afford a new pickup, but um who knows. Um but now we got healthcare workers are, are striking. I didn't know they had a union. I'm pretty new to the whole union stuff. Um I know Colorado has a has a pretty strong teachers union. I don't recall if my mom was in in the teacher union or not. I'm I'm guessing not, but uh I don't I don't really know. My wife is uh is not in the teachers union. My my father-in-law was a um was a sheet metal worker in the union for for a while, um on and off. Um but so this is at Kaiser Permanente. Uh Tens of thousands of Kaiser Permanente workers took to picket lines in multiple states on Wednesday, launching a massive strike that the company warned could cause delays at hospitals and clinics that serve nearly 13 million Americans. Um, The coalition of Kaiser Permanente unions, representing about 85,000 of the health system's employees, nationally approved a strike for three days in California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. I don't know if we have Kaiser Permanente in uh in Nevada, I would imagine so. Um anyway, I don't know what they're they're striking about, but uh Kaiser has not been bargaining with us in good faith, so it's pushing us to come out here and strike, said Jacqueline Dooley radiologic technologist uh, among the hundreds of picketers at Kaiser Permanente Orange, Orange County Irvine Medical Center. We want to be inside just taking care of our patients. Um, the Oakland-based uh, nonprofit company said it's 39 hospitals. Nonprofit. Ba- <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they, they don't make a profit at all. Uh, including emergency rooms will remain open. Doctors are not participating, and Kaiser said it was bringing in thousands of temporary workers to fill the gaps. Fill appointments and non-urgent procedures could be pushed back. I wonder if they uh, if this thing gets uh, gets drug out for a long time. I wonder if they they call up the National Guard to help in in the 
like in nurse like the like their medical units get get called up to help with the the nursing roles. So, uh I think isn't that what they did in New York when <clears throat> when they were uh firing people for not getting the the completely safe and effective and uh never never did a wrong thing to nobody uh COVID vaccine that was thoroughly tested um all the way around and nothing bad could be said about it ever because it's uh delicious and humble and sensual and will 100% cure COVID uh, at all times um but i think when they fired a bunch of people for for being for not getting that in in new york they they called up the national guard to to fill the backlog um so i wonder i wonder if that happens here with uh with kaiser permanente uh, Kaiser said in a statement late Wednesday, while no contract deal was reached, there were tentative agreements on a number of uh, on a number of unspecified issues. Uh, the company said it would reconvene bargaining as soon as possible. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun fun one to see how that plays out too. I guess um, I'm not really a union guy, like I said, but I'm also I'm. I've never been around it. Um, believe it or not, not many uh, union industries in in Southeast Colorado that uh, that I'm aware of, or at least at least not in extreme Southeast Colorado where I grew up. So I don't know how all this stuff works, um, but it's interesting, and um, it's really interesting that it's all happen happening during this uh, this booming economy under Bidenomics um, that, yeah, you've got all sorts of, of union strikes going on right now. And uh, yeah, interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. One thing I know for sure is that the, the companies will not take a hit. They may agree to all the demands for the autom- automobile workers, um, but they're just going to pass that off on to the, the new cars that, that get built. They're not going to take a hit, um, but eventually they'll probably um, move their plants out of wherever they're at now and move them to Mexico or China because it's... They can get people to work for a whole lot cheaper. Don't have to pay them a pension or anything like that. So, um, well, I see the the benefit of the unions. I also, it's almost just inevitable that you're going to price yourself out of a job. And uh, that's kind of how the market works. So, uh, anyways, I'll, uh, I, I, I've got no love for, for these these giant corporations or in this case a non-profit non-profit hospital that I'm sure I'm sure they're 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 doing the lord's work by selling Tylenol for $27 unlike these other greedy vultures selling it for $28 a pill um so I it's I I'm kind of kind of on the on the side of the the unions just because I'm not a big fan of these these corporations but also I'm like ah 
You guys are probably pricing yourself out of a job too. So, I don't know. I'm, uh, it's another one of those those uh, situations where I've got a lot of opinions, but I'm also not afraid to say that I don't really know. I don't know enough about this shit. It's like it's like betting on college football for me. I I kind of know some things about it, but not enough to not enough to be well versed by any means. So, um. Hopefully those homos will be back next week. Um, I think Tim is pissing out of his ass right now. Um, he said he was really sick. Um, he he has, uh, from what I understand, he has herpes of the mouth, anus, and scrotum. Um, so I mean, thoughts and prayers with Tim and his and his leaking asshole. Um, Rob doesn't believe in thoughts and prayers because uh, he's a non-practicing Jew. And, uh, yeah, so um, you can you can send some, some good vibes his way because uh, the Bears really suck, uh, so much so that they lost to the Broncos. And uh, that, that's probably got to <clears throat> hit old Rob a little bit hard. He's a diehard Bears fan, so... The good thing about it is he is he is used to losing. So um like it's pretty rough for to be a Bronco fan here last six, seven years. Uh especially since we traditionally are pretty good. So it kind of sucks. But Rob has got some thick skin because the last time the Bears were good was when he was born in eighty five. Uh they and they haven't been good since. They made it to a couple Super Bowls and lost spectacularly. Uh, but hey, don't go hard on him. I mean, it's it's not his fault. He was born in the suburbs of Chicago and was indoctrinated early into that loser fan base. So, um, and then yeah, Aaron's just a douche. Also gay. Um. Rumor has it he was out due to some real real gay shit. So uh thoughts and prayers to him too. Um you guys have a good week. Don't forget to practice your nuclear holocaust drills. Um you wanna be we wanna be ahead of, of Russia and if they're already doing nuclear drills, we've gotta do ten nuclear drills, okay? You gotta stay ahead of them. Cold War is back on, baby. Uh anyway, have a good week. And move your ass. We're burning daylight. Good guys and bad guys. Cowboys and Indians. Sinners and saints. Masters and minions.
vision and fear 